1: Uh, this morning, I've got a great friend in the house. Is my twin brother from another mother. I'm the better-looking one. I say that because I got the microphone, and it's my church. Darn it. So I got this one. He does this to me at his church. Um, what you don't know about him, those that have been on the mission field with Pastor Newton will know, the man is an apostle. He carries a heavy anointing on him when he travels everywhere. He shifts atmospheres. He will mess you up. Tonight... Today, you got permission to mess us up. But he's a powerful man. He will walk into a room. Let me tell you, the demoniacs will turn around (laughs) and know his name when they've never met him before. He really has that kind of anointing. So it's very important that you recognize these things. Otherwise, you'll just take him as another preacher, and that's all you'll get. But the Bible says, He who accepts a minister as a minister gets a minister's award. Another passage says, he who accepts a prophet as a prophet gets a prophet's reward. Here's the point. If you accept this man as only a minister and not as a prophet of God, you'll only get a portion of what God has for you today. So why don't we stand to our feet as we welcome him now? And let's appreciate Pastor Newton Festus. All right.
2: Father, we just honor you. You're such a beautiful Father. You have lavished us with your love. Lord, your love exceeds culture. Your love exceeds nationality. Your love exceeds careers and and all kinds of things that we put, oh God. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that you gave your only son. Thank you for lavishly loving us. Lord, we just receive you today. We honor you. You're here. You do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. This is a wonderful time for you to receive Jesus. We're going to re- release a word, but you're here. The greatest miracle is a miracle of salvation. There's a man that went to a church. He, was a, he had all the tattoos on his body. He had earrings, and he had all kinds of piercing. And he went to a church, and and, and on a Saturday night, he, got, he received Jesus Christ, and he went to a church, and, and as soon as he walked in, there were, there were people at the door, called them church police, and they know him from the streets, how he was, he was, he was not a good man. And the church police told him, you got to get out of church and get out of here. You're a bad person. And this man was crushed. He got received Jesus Christ the night before. And he went and walked a few meters away. And he sat the, uh, along the road and he started to cry, God, what have I done? And he was gutted. And Jesus appeared to him. And Jesus said to him, Son, before they kicked you out, they kicked me out a long time ago. I wasn't in there. Guess what? Jesus is here. He's right here. You're welcome here. You're here today. You're saying, I want to receive Jesus. This is your moment. If you want to receive Jesus, raise that hand wherever you are. We're going to pray for you and welcome you to the family of Jesus. Where are you? Lift up your hand if you want to receive Jesus this morning. You're saying, I want to make a decision to receive Jesus. You know what? He's here this morning. He's right here this morning. You're there. You're saying, I want to receive Jesus. Where is Ben? Uh, Ben is here. Is he here? There's another Ben that came. Is he still here anyone else want to receive jesus christ as your lord and savior oh my goodness isn't god awesome isn't god awesome please turn to your neighbor tell your neighbor neighbor i am so blessed to come to church today may god bless you may have your seats in the presence of the lord thank you thank you pastor paul my goodness i just want to share from my heart this is home for me am i welcome Amen. I honor Pastor Paul and Pastor Tanya. They are wonderful people. Uh, if I was living in Redbank Plains, they will, this will be my church. I'll be, I'll be. This will be home. So, <laughs> thank you, Simon. <laughs> Lillian loves the other side better. I don't know why, but we we just honored to be here. We love to to be able to have a relationship with. Uh, with your pastors and and I know many people now here. Uh, I I always say this is a great church because we have celebrities. <laughs> we have uh, Nicolas Cage doing communion. <laughs> so Nick, his his name is Nicolas Cage, and then you have uh, Tom Cruise as your senior pastor, <laughs> and then you have Zac Efron leading uh, leading the service. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, Zac Efron. He looks like Zac Efron. And uh, there is a uh, 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 Sean Connery sitting at the back there. Uh, sh- you guys didn't know you have Sean Connery. Do you know that? <laughs> Ask David what is his name. He's just disguised. His name is Sean Connery. But um, thank you for having me. Please turn your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Let me behave myself and, and just bring a word. I felt the Lord speak to my heart about uh, this church and about you guys. Um, Pastor Paul is, is, uh, is a crazy man in a good way. You see him in the mission strip. He's, uh, he's a crazy man. Um, we went to Indonesia. I was so honored to be in Indonesia with him. And it was such an emotional trip. Um, but I was so honored. And I said to him, my brother, if I go to Indonesia, then he has to come to Africa can the africans in the house say amen uh thank you so pastor paul you're coming to africa um so uh but but it was so un- such an honor to to be with him and um to see what the legacy that that he carries and the dad carried um we are so blessed to to our fellowship with him and so um there's so many stories i can share about him i want not share today um But turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 4. If you're there, say amen. Uh, It says in verse 1, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the the devil. Uh, When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights after he was hungry, um, just mark that word, hungry, okay? Hungry. He was hungry. And uh, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. You can underline that in your, in your Bible, uh, verse 4. But Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, Set him him on the pinnacle of the temple and say to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Is that right? Verse 7, still with me? Verse 7 says, Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God, Again, the devil, he doesn't give up. Verse 8, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. I want you to underline the word. Um, um, uh, There's a version that says he took him into the mountain. Does your version say that? He says, and the devil took him up into the mountain. And then he says, and, and uh, he says, he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. There is on the mountain, and then there is into the mountain. There is on the mountain, and then there is into the mountain. And he said to him, All these things I'll give you if you will bow, fall down and worship me. You see? You uh, see, the enemy is looking for worship. It's interesting, the other day, somebody mentioned something in my ear. He said, even the devil, the devil is an accuser of brethren. When he goes before God, he doesn't go without worship. Because he's going to be struck down and die. Even the devil goes while worshiping. Oof, something to think about. Because he's going to be struck down. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God. And him alone you shall. And then verse 11. Then the devil left him. Behold, angels came and ministered to him. May God bless his word. I came this morning with, uh, for those of you who came to Malaysia, you know Nick. We call him Tiki. So Nick is here this morning and his daughter uh, Caitlin. And, uh, And then we have my daughter Nia. Nia is now almost 10 shortly, very soon. Yeah, 10, yeah, no, scary, very scary, (laughs) scary. I need to get my crossbow back from Africa and bring (laughs) it here. Start getting ready, amen. Chase the boys away. But she's turning 10 very shortly, and she wanted to come here so much. She loves this church as well. Um, The kingdom of God operates uh, in different ways. The kingdom of God has got jurisdiction. Every kingdom has got a measure. Every kingdom has got jurisdiction. For instance, a fish cannot run on dry land. Anytime you see a fish uh, running on a dry land, it's not a fish, it's a demon. Are you with me? Every kingdom has got measure. Kingdom has got jurisdiction. Every mantle has got jurisdiction. Every mantle has got jurisdiction. And so... The kingdom, the kingdom of heaven has got jurisdiction as well. And so God has given us such a mantle for specific regions and cities. There are people who are called just to pastor a village church, but there are others who are called to minister to nations. Your pastor carries a mantle for nations. And that's why every time I come here, the Holy Ghost keeps reminding me that this is not just a, a Red Bank church, this is an international church. Can somebody say amen? You're a church that is not just a small city church, it's an international church. I 100% believe that God's going to begin to send people from this church to other nations to plant and pioneer churches and movements. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. You are in a church that mantled for nations. And then the other thing about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God works in methods or systems. And so you've got to understand how the kingdom of, wo- of God works. For instance, Jesus says, when you see somebody wash their feet, that's how the kingdom of God works. Peter didn't understand that. Judas didn't understand that. When you wash somebody's feet and serve, guess what? You're enforcing the kingdom of God. The other kingdom says that for you to be above, then you have to be the boss. Jesus had all power in heaven and the earth, but he took a towel and began to wash the feet. The kingdom of God operates in methods and systems. The kingdom of God, number three, it's a mindset. If you turn to the book of um, 2nd Philippians, chapter 2, and verse number 5, I'll I'll pause there. It says, Let this mind be in you. Are you there? uh, Philippians, chapter 2, verse 5. Let me see if you're there. Are you there? He says, let this mind, let's be together, let this mind be in you. Are you there? Which is also in Jesus Christ. Another translation says the mind of Christ. Christ has got a mind. The kingdom mindset is a mindset of dominion. Hello, somebody? A warrior that is fighting for the Lord does not bleed blood. They bleed fire. The kingdom of God has got a mindset. Joshua, when he faced uh, the, this, this angel, he said, are you for us or against us? He was ready to take down an angel. He was a warrior. And so the kingdom of God has got a mindset. you got to understand the mindset of Jesus. Understand the mindset of God. You are in a kingdom that is not a small kingdom. It's a kingdom of influence. Are you with me? I'm excited when I see the Christmas carols and, and what Sasha and you guys are doing is, and, and Pastor T, what you guys are talking about. is The kingdom of God is supposed to influence the city. And so that's what we're getting out there, influencing the city. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of influence where we begin to pastor the city, where we begin to speak into the council. Hello? The solutions for the council is not with the politicians. It is in the church. We are the salt and the light of the, ch- of the city. So we carry the influence in the city. We are not meant to be put in a box. We are meant to get out there and begin to influence our city for Jesus. Begin to run the programs. Begin to affect the education system. Begin to affect the health system. Begin to affect the schools. The social welfare because the, the solution is in the church. Turn to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. We carry the solution. For the problems in this city. And so the, the kingdom of God works and it's a mindset. And so the, the first the first introduction of, of, of the mindset of, of, of the kingdom is in Genesis chapter one. The Bible says, And God created. And God created. And God Creation, it, when you when talk about creativity, many a times we think about art and drawing. We think, about, uh, we think about dancing. That's just one side of creativity. Another side of creativity is when you look at a car, you're thinking about business. Are you still with me? When you look at a car, you're looking at a business. When you look at a, at a building, you're looking at, I'm looking at shops, I'm looking at this. When you look at a, at a car, you're looking at Uber. When you're looking at a house, you're looking at Airbnb. Because creativity has to come to the church back. You see, the church is going gonna, is gonna to be obsolete and out of tune because we are always doing the old things, the whole thing, old thing. And I love it how we change things because God is not in the old, God is in the new. If we keep doing the old things over and over, we're going to have the same old results. Are you with me? And so I love it because things are shifting. And so creativity is in God. The word, the word, the word God in that context is the word Elohim. And, and in the Hebrew, uh, in that context, is the word bara, which means creates something out of nothing. In the beginning, God created. The first introduction of God in the book of Genesis is not all powerful, is creativity. And I'm praying that this church will not just be a power church. It's going to be a creative church. <laughs> Where God is going to raise up people who begin to have uh, systems and ideas and solutions on curriculum and and, uh, computer systems and government systems and social systems. And when the government needs help, they're going to say, let's go to Life City. Because there is somebody who can dream about, about a system, about a software, about something that we don't know. Because the first introduction of God is about creativity and God created and God created, and God created, create nothing out of something out of nothing. The Bible says in uh, verse two. And, and God looked at the dirt, and and out of the dirt, He didn't, didn't see dirt. He didn't see zero. He saw man. <laughs> when God looks at something that is terrible, He doesn't see terrible. He see He sees a man. He sees a woman of God. When everyone has written you off, when the world has systems have said you're good for nothing, you're 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 done and dusted. Look at you. You're an idiot. You're you're got nothing to give. God, say, God looks at the dirt. The dirt is the least thing. is the worst thing you can think about. We dust off the dust. But when God looks at the dirt with a bara mentality, a creative mentality, he doesn't dismiss you. He doesn't say you're good for nothing. He says, I'm going to raise an executive Out of somebody who has been kicked out of the family, I'm going to raise a man of God. Out of somebody who has gone through divorce and separation, I'm going to create an evangelist out of a prostitute who sat by the well and said, Jesus, who are you? And he says, I perceive you're a prophet. And God says, I'm going to create something out of nothing. That is a God. Are you still with me? The religious, the religious guys have painted a God who is angry, who is always bitter, who is always judgmental. Not my God. The God we serve is a God of creativity. He looks at you and he says, I see a woman of God. I see in all your affliction, in all your struggles, he says, oh, baby, in your struggles, I still can create something out of nothing. You're saying, oh, my goodness, I don't think I can make even to be any leader. But God says, out of your mess, I can bring a message. Out of your story, I'm going to build my story. That is the God we serve. And no wonder, Jesus didn't choose to. He he said, I don't want to be born in a a perfect family. I want to come from a lineage where it's messed up. (laughs) In the lineage of of, of God, we look at uh, uh, Jacob. Jacob was a, uh, Moses was a liar. Uh, Moses uh, uh, lied about his own wife, Sarah. And then Isaac comes on and Isaac does the same thing. Is that right? And then then the other one was uh, 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 Jacob. And Jacob was a deceiver. Deceived everyone and then and, and had uh, chased every, every girl around <laughs> and, and, and had all kinds of things. And, and, and you guys know what I'm talking about, don't you know? And, and, and then Jacob and then, and then goes, on to, uh, goes into, uh, what's the other person now? Uh, David. But before, David was a, was a Moabite woman. And Moabites, you know, they're not really good people. They're, their background is messed up. But, but there was a woman there called Ruth. Is that Ruth? Ruth came, and, and then Ruth married Boaz, and, and Boaz and Ruth had Jesse, and Jesse had David. And David, you know, David was a messed up man. I don't want to talk about David. You guys know he killed. He, he had all kinds. In fact, when David died, they had to put a, a girl next to him to make sure that this block is really, 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 really dead. He was messed up. And then David had Solomon, and Solomon didn't have one girlfriend, didn't have two. He had how many? A thousand. thousand. He was like 10 times, 100 times more than his dad. But God did not choose a perfect family. He chose a messed up lineage. And through that, we see Jesus was born. And I tell you what, it doesn't matter what you've gone through. God is a creative God. He can, he can build you out of, uh, out of nothing. He can raise you up to become a man of God. For those of us who have come to missions, you've seen us casting demons. Not because we are perfect, but we serve a perfect God sing a song and say you're perfect in all your ways and he's a good god he says uh, the latin word is i think is not something about nahila in the same context it means creation create nothing out of something the first introduction of god and so the kingdom of god works that way and so when the anointing comes on you and the spirit of god comes on you you begin to have movement you're not stationary and so that's why you need to crave the spirit of god you need to crave the holy ghost because you're not stationary you're always in progress god is always in movement he's always in motion are you with me Not every movement, because every movement must have two things. Number one, it must have direction, and then it must have speed. If you have direction, but you don't have speed, you're going to be stuck in one place. But if you have speed and you don't have direction, you're going to go quick in the wrong direction. And every direction is a vision. Every speed, speed has got two things, has got human resource and has got wealth. Are you still with me? And so when you begin to move in the Holy Ghost, you begin to attract resources and wealth. And that's why I believe that this church is not a small church, it's a mega church. As you continue to invest and continue to continue in God, guess what? You're going to begin to grow and you begin to have change your, change your magnetic field. When the magnetic field is changed, then they begin to attract things from afar. And, and you begin to attract things. The Bible says when Jesus began the ministry, he began to attract the, the people that had the boats and the tax collectors, guys that had got means and ways. And I believe that those, that's what's going to begin to happen in Life City Church. Somebody say amen. Let me go back to my text and I close. Matthew chapter 4. This is what the Bible says. It says, and, and, and Jesus fasted for 40 days. I don't know how long you can take, but he did 40 days. And he was led by the Spirit, not the devil. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And he was hungry because he, was, he fasted for 40 days. Can I say this? The enemy comes to those who are hungry. The reason why you're coming under attack because the devil knows you're hungry. I said, the reason why you're coming under attack is because the devil knows you're hungry. Amen. The enemy attacks those who are hungry. You see, he came and attacked Jesus. And the Bible says, Jesus looked at him. You see, the problem is, is not what you're hungry Because at that time, Jesus had fasted. Legally, Jesus had the right to break bread and eat. Is that right? Please stay with me. Jesus had every right to break the fast. But the problem is this. The problem is this. The problem is, it is not the hunger. It is what you're hungry for. What are you hungry for? Is that right? What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? If you don't know what you want, if you don't know what you're hungry for, you're going to be satisfied with anything. I say if you don't know what you're hungry for or what you want, you're going to be satisfied with anything. For those of you who are not married, don't just say, I want a husband. Be specific. Say, I want tall. I want short. I want because if you don't know what you're hungry for, you're gonna be satisfied with anything. Are you still with me? For those of you believing God for a job, don't just go for any job. Say, I want a job close to home. I want a job that will allow me to come to church and serve. Are you still with me? You see, the Bible says God says, Go, God says, go to the crossroad and you'll find a donkey. Jesus was so specific. The Holy Ghost is so specific. He is so detailed. He knows the color of your curtains. He knows what you're going to wear tomorrow. He is so specific and so direct and so detailed. Are you still here? So don't just be hungry for anything. Be hungry for something. Be specific what you want. For the boys who want to get married, don't say I just want to get married to any man. Because if you go to Thailand, there are lady boys there. <laughs> are you still with me? So, for those of you who study, you understand, when you live in the desert, when you live in the desert, there is something that comes on you when there is heat and there is hunger. They get hallucination. Is that right? The teachers, they get you get hallucination. So you begin to see stones like bread. When Jesus was in the wilderness, he began to hallucinate. And the devil said, turn the stones to become bread. Many times when you're in a wilderness, sometimes you can have hallucination. Where the enemy tells you, speak whatever your flesh wants and take it. But all we know is, don't take whatever the flesh gives you. Throw it away. The Bible says, David did not eat the stones. He took the stones and he Throw it at the, at the giant. Don't consume what the Lord doesn't want you to consume. Take it and throw it at the devil. Whatever giant is facing you, say, I will not eat the storms. I will not eat what my flesh wants, but I'll take it and look for the giant and say, Who is that that has been taunting us every morning? And, and, and throw at that devil. And say, 2019, I'm coming back at you. Yes, I'm coming at you. Number two, the Bible says he took him up to the pinnacle of religion. Is that right? Being a leader of people. Religion does not mean being the the father, you know, the father with our children. It doesn't mean that. It means to be a leader of people. He took him there and he said to him, If you can bow before me, then I'll give you, I'll give you this. Is a test, this is a test of your responsibility. Are you with me? For you to break into a new dimension, there shall be a test on your responsibility. Don't allow the enemy to lie to you. Say, I I'll I will commit to God. It doesn't matter what it takes. I'll commit to God. I will serve with humility. I'm just about to close. I will serve with humility. And finally, this is what happens. He takes him in the mountain. Because there's a difference between being on the mountain and in the mountain. Being in the mountain is different being in the mountain is a mindset you don't just learn about cars you learn about the engineering about the systems of education of medical fields are you with me he was taken in the mountain i've once gone to the mountain and i've gone once in the mountain when you go in the mountain it's a cave it's scary it's lonely It is dark. There are animals in there. There are bats in there. Is that right? The right pronunciation. My kids teach me how to pronounce. I gotta be the bat with a. There are bats in there. There The animal bats. Yeah. (laughs) They teach me, Pastor Paul. They teach me how to pronounce. There are bats in there. Is that right? Even my son teaches me. There are bats in there. Animals. You know, animal bats. Thank you. It's scary. It's a place of solitude. But when you're there, Moses was there once. You know what Moses said? He was in the cleft of the mountain. And the Bible says, Moses saw God. It is in those dark places. The places where no one hears you. Some of you are in those places. I call them dark places. Where you don't receive a phone call from no one. It's dark places. Some of you don't even receive any text messages from no one. It's a place of solitude. But it's in those places that God builds a gift. Are you with me? It's in those places that God reveals himself. I came this morning to tell somebody here, hang on into your dark places. Some of you are in a place where no one has even liked your Facebook page. Some of you are saying, I've tried to post something. No one has ever liked it. I had somebody say, I want to commit suicide. Why? I only get 15 likes on my on my on my Facebook. I say, sweetheart, everyone that likes you, they don't like you really. They're just talking you. That could be your dark area. Jesus was taken into that dark place. He wasn't taken on, he was taken in. Let me close. If you cannot handle your stones experience, if you cannot handle if you cannot handle the raising up to the level of leadership, if you cannot handle the dark seasons and the solitude, you're not ready to be on the mountaintop because the next challenge is to be on the mountaintop. I feel something is about to break this year. Before the end of the year, I'm trusting God. Some of you have been in dark places for too long, but I believe God is going to release a grace to set you free and release you to a new level. Every eye closed, every head bowed in Jesus' name. Every eye closed, every head bowed in Jesus' name. Lord, I just released the anointing of God this morning. I just pray for anyone who is in a dark place. I pray for anyone who is in the stones level where there is temptation on their flesh. There's a temptation, Lord, on their, their decisions they have to make. I'm praying for every family that is going through a crisis right now. I'm praying for every business that is going through a shutdown process. I'm praying for every person that is going through a time of decision making Lord I pray for the grace and the anointing of God in the name of Jesus everyone in this room begin to pray in the Holy Ghost just for two more minutes I pray Father for grace oh God to break forth in the name of the Lord there is somebody here you are in a place of solitude somebody here you're going through a dark season The doctors have said things over you. It's a dark place. Just lift up your hand wherever you are. I'll pray for three people and then close. You're in a place you're saying, I'm going through a dark season. It's a dark place. Mentally, spiritually, you're in a dark place. You came this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. You came this morning in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. You're in a dark place. Lift up that hand wherever you are. Lord, I release the grace of God. I command, Lord, let there be a breakthrough right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Breakthrough, Father, in the name of the Lord. Father, we release the anointing of God. We release the Spirit of God in Jesus' name somebody else, you're here, you're struggling in a decision you're supposed to make. whatever you are, lift up that hand. You're going through a decision making. You have to make a decision between now and the end of the year. It's a crucial decision. Raise that hand wherever you are. I'm going to pray for you. Right now, Father, I pray for counsel. Lord, you're so detailed. You're so specific. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, for the leading of the Spirit of God. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they they are the children of God. I pray for the leading of the Spirit of God. Wisdom, counsel in Jesus' name. Somebody else, you are here, you are believing God for creative idea, creativity. You're asking God for creativity, for business, for investment, for anything. Just lift up your hand wherever you are right now. Shataraba. Everybody pray in the Holy Ghost. Father, I declare creativity. Creative mind of God right now. In the name of Jesus, creativity, investment, financial creativity, education, creativity. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we release the activation to create, oh God, right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, we bless you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Let all arise. Let's all arise on our feet right now.
0: Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at lifecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.